Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike, navigating topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, Narrowway to Broadway. Welcome to this episode of our show. Today, I have Jonathan Hogue on the show. Super excited to have him here. Um, If you don't know who he is, you probably know some of the stuff that he's done. Um, If you've ever heard of Stranger Sings, the musical parody, um, Jonathan is all over that. He was the book writer and the composer lyricist for that. You didn't arrange the music, but you were the composer lyricist, right? Correct, yeah. Amazing. Okay, so we're so excited to have you here. How how are you, Jonathan? I'm 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 good. I'm exhausted, but <laughs> Oh yes. I, yeah, yes. I'm uh, I'm all, on top of everything else. I'm also in grad school right now and it's that mm-hmm. time of semester where everything's starting to pile up, so it's uh oh my goodness. you know, it's a good time. Right. Well, we're we're grateful that you took the time to do this. Hopefully it is a sweet stress-free convo that brings you some <laughs> peace and not stress. Love that. Um, amazing. Well, just give our listeners like a little spiel about, they just heard your bio. So they know like the rough outline of your, your life here and your experience, but I would love for them to hear how you ended up in New York, what that looked like, how you were there. And then I know you took kind of a break. So tell me, tell me that journey. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, so it's funny. I, I never really thought that I would live in New York. I, um, I grew up in Seattle. Uh, I was doing theater as an actor. Um, and I, you know, I sort of always thought like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, a decent actor. I don't know if I'm Broadway, but you know, it, it was kind of like, that's the thing you do when you're an actor is you move to New York and you make a career out of it. So anyway, so I was doing my undergrad in acting and was just kind of, you know, was really enjoying it, but felt kind of by the end of it that I was like, you know, I love acting. I don't know if I love the career of it, you know, going mm-hmm. to auditions and never really knowing what your next job is. And yeah. so I was kind of, you know, towards the end thinking, you know, what do I want to do? I love theater. Um, and yeah. I love, especially, you know, I'd go to New York for spring break and see different shows. And I loved the Broadway industry and was just, mm-hmm. you know, excited about the idea of working in any capacity um, right. in, in the theater industry. So, um, so uh, 2015, I graduated and uh, moved to the city for this internship in arts administration with a, the Joffrey Ballet School. Um, and cool. I it just, just disclaimer, I, I cannot dance to save my life, um, at least uh-huh. ballet. So I, I think I took one class when I was working there. And I uh, actually, you know, I took half a class and I, I, I escorted myself out because it was a children's <laughs> musical theater dance class and I was deeply embarrassed. So <laughs> it's like, I can't keep up. I'm just going to excuse myself. So, um, so yeah, yeah. but you know, the internship at free housing and my friends, my friends were doing it with me. And so I was like, great, you know, that's, I'll do anything to live in New York for free. So, um, but yeah, so, you know, my time at the beginning of moving, of living here, uh, was really looking at, you know, maybe arts administration, Mm -hmm. arts management, something sort of, you know, like a day job where I can talk about theater all day. That's like, you know, the dream. Um, but I, Mm -hmm. um, sort of, you know, over time found my way into producing, um, and, um, and even more kind of, uh, 
accidentally found my way into writing um, and uh, can talk about that in a sec. But um, the other thing coming out of undergrad, I uh, had this kind of impulse to, or not even impulse, but sort of this, this uh, uh, feeling of being called to, to some sort of international missions experience and, and not necessarily a lifetime of it, but I, I was supposed to go to Kenya with a group in 2014 um, and we actually, we actually flew all the way to, uh, we made it to Doha, Qatar, and then got sent home because there was like terrorist activity at the, at the, um, airport in, in Whoa. Nairobi. And so we, we made it halfway to, to Kenya and then didn't. So that trip sort of left this weird kind of lingering feeling of, you know, what was that about? God, what do you want me to do? And so yeah. he sort of planted this dream to do this trip called the world race, uh, which was an 11 month yeah missions trip um and uh, uh went to a different country every month we went uh spent a couple months in latin america southeast asia eastern africa and sort of just you know uh collaborated with whatever missions organizations were in each uh region that we got assigned to so um so anyway so i i moved to new york knew i wanted to do that and didn't really know what the timing was and then the lord opened up that opportunity to do that in 2016 october so i was there i was in new york for a year left uh summer 2016 did that trip for a year and then came back to new york in uh april 2018 and that's sort of when wow. uh stranger things sort of kicked off um so yeah so 2018 to now has just been working on stranger things getting it up um we had our first concert of it in uh october of 2018 and then it sort of snowballed into this thing um that we'll you know can talk more about later i guess but um yeah, yeah that's the sort of overview and then um yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's been a it's Amazing. been a wild ride so yeah I mean well and I feel as though New York is such a specific lifestyle for you know artists for pretty much anybody like it doesn't matter why you're there your life is probably as unique as it can be from where your life would be anywhere else like New York is such a specific you know pace and yeah. vibe and feeling like that so so for you to adjust to new york and then be like peace out new york i'm gonna go you know across the world for yeah. a year um is incredible i mean i i had heard of the world race somebody from the world race came to my middle school when i was yeah in charlotte as a christian middle school so i'd heard of yeah. it and then when i when you said you did it um I, I i'm just curious about the experience in general but also kind of I mean, how would you say that, because I want to talk about The Nations, which is the play you wrote loosely based yeah. on this experience, but I want to know just in general, how would your life, well, no, that's too big. How would, <laughs> you know, your experience going into playwriting and doing book and lyrics and, and just being in the arts sphere, how would that be different? if you just hadn't gone on this trip, like if you would have just stayed and done another year in New York and just lived through that instead of taking this kind of intermission. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's an interesting question. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know about, I don't know about stranger things. Uh, I, I those two mm -hmm. experiences feel very different <laughs> from each other. Maybe right. there's, maybe there's a correlation. I don't know, but, um, I did watch stranger things a lot on the trip, so maybe that's it. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I think the trip uh, was was pretty, uh, I mean, it was impactful in a lot of different ways. Um, some, you know, uh, yeah. And, um, I, you know, I think what I, 
sort of what prompted me to want to write about it was sort of the breaking down kind of the ideas that I had about what faith looks like and, mm-hmm. um, and, and how that intersects with sort of the fragile um, nature of what it means to be human. And, um, and also just kind of, uh, I don't know, digging into uh, the, the, what, what this, what faith really looks like or what life yeah. um, as a Christian really looks like. Cause I think, you know, I walked into missions with sort of these like idealized versions of, Oh, you know, this is real Christian living. This is, you know, and, and in many ways it was, it was exactly what I expected, but in a lot of ways it also didn't fulfill me in the way that I thought it would, or, you know, you, growing up in the American church, you sort of see faith as, um, uh, as kind of fulfilled in international missions. You know, you see these people right. that are living out in the bush in Africa and are like, you know, floating on air. Right. They're just so holy, you know? So, right. um, so yeah. So, I mean, you know, kind of like, I, I, it's, it's been interesting. I mean, obviously going around the world, hearing stories and meeting people from around the world, um, is, is profoundly impactful as a storyteller because you're getting all these perspectives on various issues going on in the world and regions and cultures and, um, faith systems. Right. And so it's, that's been really impactful, but, um, but in terms of, yeah, in terms of just kind of my work as a theater maker, I think just, I think greater empathy and understanding like kind of a, a bigger scope of what life really is. Mm-hmm. Cause I think for a lot of my life, I was sort of in this bubble mentality of my ideas of how the world works and how people operate and how things mm-hmm. function and in society. And so, I don't know, it's a big question. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, and I'm still sort of unpacking what, what I've taken from that experience and what it's done, but I think it definitely sort of opened me up to, um, yeah, to more than I ever had kind of, uh, understood before. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then, in, I mean, how could it not? I mean, you would hope that spending a year traveling internationally, whether it is for mission work or, or otherwise, just seeing how other people live, I think it broadens our scope, broadens our perspective of like, whoa, someone yeah, else's day to day, you know, moment by moment is so different and, and informed by so many different things than mine is, um, which is such a beautiful thing. and something that makes us ultimately, like you said, better, you know, better theater artists and better people. Um, but -hmm. I think I I know that your play, so you wrote, you wrote this play, did you write it while you were traveling or did you write it afterwards? No. Well, so I actually, um, I, I, one of our things we had to do on the trip is we had to vlog every week. Uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, more or less people did once a month at best. Um, I was sort of, I had like this position as the like storytelling captain or something. I can't remember what the title was, but it was something <laughs> where I, I basically was like held responsible to blog every week, sort of on, on, um, as a representative of my team, um, and sort of to like light a fire under people's butts to write, which didn't really work, but you know, Mm-hmm. Um, but I, um, I, so I did, I, I logged a lot of my like kind of feelings and thoughts throughout the trip. And I think there was a lot of, um, kind of wrestling with things that I allowed myself to speak on. But I think, mm-hmm. um, the biggest thing that, that like sort of, I think prompted wanting to write this play, which I didn't actually start writing until 2019. So it was about two, three years later, Oh wow! Um, okay. was sort of just like wrestling with, with you know, yes, I was, I was vulnerable in, in what I was sharing as, as a blogger, but 
it was to the extent that I felt that I still needed to polish it up for people to be able to like process what I was experiencing in a way that felt like, um, that, it, that, that what I was sharing was valuable, I guess. Yeah. And I, and I think that I, I really struggled with that because it felt like even when I was having like a really rough time, I couldn't just end the blog on and I'm, you know, and I'm miserable or I'm having a rough time or whatever, you know, I'd had to kind yeah. of like make it, uh, you know, with some sort of positive spin or some sort of lesson learned or something. And, and really it's like, I wanted to sit in the messiness, but I didn't feel like I was allowed to. Um, yeah. and, and, and which is funny because no one was telling me I couldn't sit in the messiness. That was sort of what I imposed on myself was if I'm going to be sharing about what's going on in the field, I don't want people to think that I'm wasting my time because it's not what I expected it to be. You know, I want people uh, to feel like I gave money to him and he's out changing the world. And I don't want to like, disillusion anyone um with you know actually i'm not really changing the world and i don't know what we're doing here you know um yeah so that's kind of where the play started was me wanting to really process like uh you know there were there was a, a particular month on the trip it was about halfway through where i was really struggling with just not quite knowing if the trip was ever going to feel like what i wanted it to feel like or if my you know I guess I sort of had these idealized, this idealized version of myself that I was going to, you know, come home as this like super Christian, so full of faith and seeing all these miracles and everything. And we were sort of stuck at this school lot in the middle of nowhere teaching English. And I was sort of like, I don't know if this is even valuable, if this is yeah. even, you know, if we're even following God and doing what he wants us to do, if we're actually making things worse as a bunch of, you know, white missionaries in this right. little village. And so, um, yeah, so it, it was kind of a couple of years of wrestling with, thoughts and feelings about the trip. Um, and then, um, yeah. and then kind of manifested in a play, um, mm -hmm. where I, I, uh, I, I think I processed through a lot of what I, <laughs> what I felt. Um, and, and as a disclaimer, I, I am not in any way, um, against international missions. My parents are missionaries. There's tremendous value and, and, uh, incredible work happening all over the world. Um, and, and a lot of what I experienced was amazing. But it was sort of yeah. the the feeling of having to polish things in a way right. that was making people feel like it's better than it actually was. That was something right. I wanted to kind of process through. So, Right. Well, and I think, too, I think thematically we can acknowledge and, and not even just with missions, but um, just in general is like acknowledging that it's in its, you know, simplest, most boiled down form is like the, the work can only be done if we don't allow it to be about us. Like, I think mm -hmm. there's, you know, so, so much discussion on, you know, short, you know, short term missions or the white savior complex or, you know, kind of what we see as cultural identities interacting with one another and how, like you said, how is this, how is this helpful and how is this hurtful? Um, yeah. And just asking ourselves, am I making like, am I making this about me? Like, or mm -hmm. am I, you know, allowing God to use me, you know, it obviously in its most simple, unnuanced form of the question. Um, but I think that it's a really interesting, I mean, I haven't read it. I want to read it, but it sounds really interesting. Is, are we, is anybody, you know, going to get to see it? Are there any like productions is it going to be produced or do you think it's more of something that was like that served for you to be able to process your feelings through the yeah. art of writing 
or is it, are we going to get to see it sometime? <laughs> no, I, I would love to produce it. I, um, we did a virtual reading, uh, or virtual production, I'll call it, um, back in 20, uh, no, it was this year. Wow. Uh, back in March of this year. Um, and that was sort of just mm-hmm. to be able to get it out for one night. Um, I have, you know, uh, I just had it on a private link for, for a short amount of time, but, um, yeah, I'm talking with a theater company in LA about doing a small developmental production out there. I sort of want to kind of get it on its feet and see if it's working, um, you know, with the rhythm yeah. and, and the voice of it. I think there's a lot that you, as a playwright, you think works on paper and then you see it on stage and you realize, oh, wow, this isn't, this isn't reading. So, so I definitely want to kind of continue to develop it. Um, I'm at, I'm, I'm doing my, my uh, master's here at Columbia. So that's, you know, right. I want to, um, probably look at doing a production of that maybe next year um yeah but uh, but yeah no I, I really do want to uh to produce it I think um and I can talk about this a little more I think maybe later but I um I, I just really think um as someone who is is wanting to write and tell stories um but tell them in a way that that's not necessarily um directly for Christian audiences but I think wanting to speak to more universal experiences that may be around faith. Um, this is sort of a play that I've had a lot of folks outside of this world um, mm-hmm. that, that find something profound to take from it. And that's been really uh, encouraging to hear. So. Yeah, that is encouraging. Yeah. I think we, we will touch on that in a little bit. Cause I know that in our last conversation, I think, I don't know if I've talked about this on this podcast before, but one of the things that stood out to me just so much when I was in college um, pursuing theater was just this idea of like not assuming things about your audience, like not assuming mm. my teacher would always say, like, don't assume your audience is stupid. Like they, they will understand what's what's happening. Um, good art will ultimately you don't need to like spoon feed people things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that applies here, too, of our discussion, which is that you actually might be surprised what kind of content people relate to, empathize with, and are, and want to engage with. Like you don't need to put up this play, the nations at a church or a Christian nonprofit because it deals with themes of faith. It's actually, you, you know, it's actually really fascinating for people, especially outside the faith. um, Yeah. Yeah. to engage with it. So, no, but we'll 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 definitely talk about it. For now, I would love to make a hard turn <laughs> to talking about stranger things because I read an article that they wrote about the production where they interviewed you. For, uh, it's on Broadway World um, in August of this year. And it's and they asked you, what are you most looking forward to in the run ahead? And you said, I consider it such a blessing to come back from a long hiatus from theater and gather in a space with others to just laugh together. Um, and it's not one that I want to take for granted. And so I'd love to hear. I know that the inception, inception, conception, I don't know, of this show was like, you kind of wrote it as a joke. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I'd love to hear, tell us about the birth of Stranger Things, the parody musical. Yeah, it it really was kind of something that I um, didn't, uh, you know, I didn't set out one day to to take it to where, uh, to write something that would go to where it did. It sort of has snowballed into something uh, over time. But 
Yeah, I mean, I I was such a fan of Stranger Things when it first came out, and um, it was right after season two had come out, um, where it, that was November 2017, I think, um, so long yeah. ago, um, that I uh, had just finished it, and, you know, my brother and I were joking about um, some of the things that the internet kind of... Uh, pulled from the first season like justice for barb and mm-hmm. you know you have uh winona ryder kind of you know blurring the line between is this her is this her character you know mm-hmm. and um so there was just a lot of a kind of a natural um parody that was falling out of out of the series and so my brother and yeah. i were joking about like oh yeah we should write a you know you should do a parody musical and um and i as as i thought about it i was like wow this is actually like this this would work and um, I had some friends who had done a parody musical of Friends, the TV show, um, yeah. and they put it up at 54 Below the year before, um, you know, just a 75-minute concert. And um, and I thought, huh, that would be really fun to do something similar with Stranger Things. And yeah. so I kind of just let myself get inspired as time went on. You know, I, I kind of had made a habit of just whenever I had a melody line of something, whether it was for this show or something else, if, it, if something popped in my head, I just quickly record it. And, um, and but with these Stranger Things, um, Stranger Things ideas, um, I, I found myself kind of like the songs kind of kept stretching, you know. So it, it mm-hmm. went from um, just a melody line here to a full verse and a full chorus, and right. um, and then just all these different kind of funny ideas. So anyway, so I I ended up writing it over the course of about six to eight months. Um, and just really mm-hmm. like never sitting down to write. It was always just kind of as I was working or in the car or whatever, things would pop in my brain and then eventually get flushed out into something. And, um, and so we put up, we put up this concert and I thought it would just be kind of a fun Halloween thing. And, mm-hmm. um, and it, uh, I got uh, a producer come up to me. I had a producer come up to me after the show that um, was like, this is, this is really good. Here's my card. Let's talk. And, um, and, you know, completely, I was just taken back by that. I had never thought of myself as a writer necessarily, but, um, right. but, you know, this, this woman's produced on Broadway and was saying this is worth something. And so I emailed her and we talked a little bit. She told me, you know, find a general manager. And I thought, what's a general manager? <laughs> is that like an agent <laughs> or, you know, and, to, you know, and, um, and, uh, and that's, you know, the first person you hire when you're building a, building a production, um, general managers are kind of the, the the office support, I guess you could say, um, the administrators right. for the show, they're the ones who create the budgets and the contracts and do a lot of the negotiations with the theater company, with the theaters, the venues. Um, they help with a lot of the hiring from there, like the marketing team and, um, right. and you know, yeah. So anyway, so yeah. we ended up talking with a couple of different general managers. I found an attorney, um, that was interested in the Whoa. show. And so it just, I know it just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the attorney. That's when I was like, oh, wow, what am I getting myself into here? I know. What do you do? Um, do you like Google like how to <laughs> general managers for hire? Like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I, it was, it was like whoever people could recommend to me, I would, it was like, great, done. Cause yeah, I was just like, I have no clue what I'm doing. So right. somebody, somebody that sounds like they know what they're doing, tell me what to do. <laughs> so and, um, and that's how, how we got here. So it, it, we did a industry reading in 2019 um, after doing 54 Below. We did it once and then we got called back for a second time. Um, both mm-hmm. were sold out, really, really great response. And, um, and then we did our industry readings in 2019 
um, and sort of thought that was going to be like the the fire starter for for an off Broadway run, and then um, had a couple investors interested, but then everyone was sort of uh, scared of being the first money in, and so they kind of mm-hmm. backed off. And we thought, okay, great, the show's done. Like I don't know what to do. Um, right. But then you know we let the show lie for a little bit, and then people started coming out of the woodwork again, and we had some momentum. And then the pandemic hit, and yeah. everything went dead again. So it, you know, had multiple stages of we're almost there, we have something going, and then just, you know, done. Yeah. Um, but then I, uh, in during the pandemic, I had just been randomly submitting the show to different festivals and theater companies and stuff, and didn't know what would come, but I figured out what else do I have to do right now. And um, <laughs> and so I submitted the show to this theater here in, in the city, um, that has kind of these these uh, spots in their in their season for for new works, and mm-hmm. so um, I submitted to them in August of 2020 and got an email in literally uh, April 2021 saying, "Hey, we wow. love the show. We'd love to talk to you." And it was just Whoa. you know I forgot I'd even applied, wow. uh, so it's just like <laughs> you were like, "Oh, great, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, happy to." And um, and we met with them in May, and they said, "Hey." we've got space in 2023 and we said no we're not doing that that's too far away and then they said right. well we have a show that dropped out in august but you're probably not ready for that and we said uh yeah let's do it that's so <laughs> and, funny um, so it was yeah it was the craziest summer so we, we put up the show august uh 5th of this year and closed it september 5th it was five week run um limited run hoping to get a uh, a more long-term run at some point in the future but um, but yeah, it was just, it was the weirdest, crazy summer. Cause literally it, everything yeah. was, was dead. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, shot out of a cannon or mm-hmm. making theater. We were the first new musical back in the city. Um, we, yeah, we, wow. we put together a production team and everything in probably less than a month, um, got the whole right. thing cast and, um, you know, and I, and it was a small producing team. So I'm, I'm writing, but I'm also running marketing and merch and, and, right. you know, my my director is also doing the merch table with me and working with the budgets, <laughs> you know. And it was just like we all grassroots wearing like fourteen hats and um, yeah, and uh, it was it was nuts. But yeah, um, yeah, that's so crazy. That's, uh, that's where we're at. <laughs> that's so fun. Well, and it's like I don't know. Sometimes I think we take ourselves a little too seriously in thinking that like God can only use us on like big mi- like big mission oriented serious heavy weighty things it's like you know you can't spread the gospel in theater unless you're like doing a production of Les Mis and you're like speaking yeah. of to love another person is to see the face of God like let's talk about that it's like yeah. no God like can use anything and and I know that you've talked about this process was sort of just like a snowballing of God just continuing along the way to affirm it just one step by one step, yeah. um, which I think is, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's just a matter of like stewarding what is in front of you, not necessarily, not necessarily like waiting for the right thing on paper to come along. It's like, this is you doing a parody musical and God is, this is the project that God has decided to continue to like invest yeah. in, yeah. Um, which I think is really beautiful. Um, Okay, I have another question for you. This is sort of related to Stranger Things. But my question is, this is kind of a hard question, so we'll see. Um, 
where, like, where is God in parody? Like, where do we see God in parody and satire? Not necessarily like in the Bible, like where there's like satirical elements, but like, how have you seen God in a work of just a joy fest? Yeah. That's uh, that's a hard question. Um, you know, <laughs> I uh, I wrestle with that. I wrestled with that a lot actually with Stranger Things because I I I still am sort of trying to uh, wrestle down what being a Christian in theater means and what the purpose is. Because yeah, it does. If I'm trying to water it down to what I think I was raised on, it's you write something that has a gospel message and that's how you please God. And, right. Um, and so it's been sort of a surprise with Stranger Things to see how much he's kind of. Um, had his uh had his hand of favor on it you know i keep right. like do you even you know do you care about right. this right. um yeah you know i think what's interesting about satire and comedy is there's it, it carries a level of truth that's very palatable and i yeah. think um it, it also it's very disarming um so i yeah. think people watch something that's a, a parody and and they pick up on stuff that they wouldn't have picked up on if you told it to them straight um, yeah. I think there's something about sort of like presenting reality with sort of a twist on it, or even kind of like um, uh, uh, exaggerating it a little bit. Yeah. That I think highlights aspects that you wouldn't have seen. Um, yeah. And so, you know, of course, Stranger Things is a parody of a fictional TV show, so it's not that we're parodying real life, but I think there's right. elements of it that um, that uh, are uh, you know, there's nuggets of, of something real uh, from the real world right. or, or something right. disarming that's, you know, interesting. And, and, you know, with with Stranger Things too, I think we uh, were, we're trying to kind of find the heart still. Um, you know, yes, yeah. it's a joy fest, but um, we, we tried to kind of highlight this um, father-daughter relationship mm-hmm. with, with Eleven and, and Hopper and sort of right. how they both kind of need each other. And that was something where, you know, yes, everything around it's very silly, but we wanted to take that arc very seriously. And I think the right. fact that that arc lives inside of this very silly universe where we don't take anything that deeply, and yeah. then these these specific moments we do, I think that you know the, the hope is that that resonates deeper um, yeah. because it stands out on its own. And so, um, so yeah, you know, I think it's 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 hard to kind of quantify what the value is of of theater in general because right. You know, you can walk. Well, there's shows I've seen where I walked in having the worst day ever, and it come out, and I'm feeling so much lighter and happier about life. And and that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I have to believe that God works in that way too. You know, um, yeah, it's not right. just oh, I got a good, you know, I got some good good notes from my Bible study from this show. You know, mm-hmm. that's I don't think that's the point. I think there's something right. there's something um, deeply spiritual about theater and, and about yeah. it, something that touches the soul. And I think mm-hmm. comedy mm-hmm. And, and, and parody is something that, that, that brings, that brings life in a way that's not just kind of in our brains. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I am uh, right. still working through that one. So <laughs> yeah. Well, good. That's good. I like that. It's like a little kind of in the air cliffhanger answer too, because I think, it's just as valuable for me and for our listeners and for anybody to hear, like, I don't really know. Like, I'm still, I'm still working through that. Um, Cause that, I mean, that's provides, I think a more empathetic answer 
than, oh yeah, like here's my four paragraph essay on why satire is yeah. related to, you know, Ezekiel, like, it, right. you know, it, it's, it's different. So, but I do think this has to do with like, kind of what you said about theater as mission, what we said we were going to revisit is just, you know, what does it look like for people and for their souls to be touched through theater? And I think, you know, we've talked about this and, and just like people looking to the arts to find truth. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people, especially people who don't go to church or don't have a relationship with like a higher power or they, they don't know the story of Jesus and the potential for him to change their life. Like they look to the arts um, mm-hmm. to find that. So I know that you have some like, well, not experience with that, but I remember when we had our initial conversation, you had, you had just seen chicken and biscuits. Um, yeah. And we had talked about that a little bit and you also like kind of brought up the Christians, which is that play. What's the guy's name? Luke something. Uh, uh, Lucas Nath. Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would love to hear just kind of um, for us to dialogue about that a little bit of just what does it look like to acknowledge the weight of like people perhaps coming to the work that we do to seek truth? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I, you know, I, 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 I think theater is really interesting in particular um, from every art form um, because I think theater is, is half of the experience is the communal aspect. And of course, you know, you look to films and, and right. music and, and other things as, as sort of a communal aspect as well. But there's something about theater and the liveness of it that, it, you know, it can't be replicated in, in a, in a, you know, a, a streaming or, or, uh, or something where you're kind of watching it on your own. Yeah. Um, and so there's something about, when people go to a theater and they're buying a ticket for something, they're going, you know, not to kind of fill a quota or, you know, unless it's your job, but um, they're, they're going wanting to experience something. You know, if you're spending a hundred dollars to go see Hamilton, you want it. Well, if you're spending a hundred dollars to go see Hamilton, like congratulations, you won won the lottery, but, um, but you know, you're, you're spending the money because you want it. You want some, you want to experience something. You want to feel something. Um, and that's that expectation I think is, is sort of the openness that, um, is, is where, uh, the Lord is able to move, you know, of course may not be an openness to something, um, of, of the spirit, but I think that that openness of spirit, um, is, is, is kind of like prime, um, is a prime opportunity. Um, and I think people, you know, uh, there's a, a quote from Winston Churchill. I'm going to misquote it, but basically I, I think after World War II, they were, um, or maybe during World War II, they were talking about cutting the arts from the, from, from, uh, from uh, the UK. And, and he, he said something to the effect of then what are we fighting for? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I just think that's interesting. You know, the arts really are, kind of the representative of the soul of our culture, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's sort of the way that we look back on history to understand not just what happened to people, but like who were people, Mm -hmm. you know, you look at books and plays and, um, and so I just think, you know, the arts in general has a profound responsibility to, to not only represent the soul of the culture, but to speak to it and to help Mm -hmm. guide it. Um, Mm -hmm. And yes, it's not going to do it on like a, a giant mainstream in a giant mainstream right. way every time, you know? Um, 
But I think as a Christian, that's understanding that responsibility as a theater maker, that you're writing yeah. something that is speaking to souls. And yes, it might be a comedy, it might be entertaining, that's fine. Um, that's great. Um, but yeah, I just think the expectation that I have when I go to church is sort of the, a very, very similar expectation that people have when they go to theater. Um, yeah. and, and I think having that recognition um, in anything you do in the theater, um, but, uh, or in the arts, but specifically in theater, um, yeah. I think is, is, is really, really, uh, where God can speak. So, yeah, I think so too. And I think the potential like struggles or perhaps like the potential stumbling blocks that we see in theater with people's approach is the same, is the same as we see in church. I, I just don't know if people, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I think that there was a time when people went to the theater and people went to the church with the baseline expectation was to be open, to be changed. Mm. And I just don't know if that's really people. I think like one of the most threatening things you can bring up to someone is that they need to change is that, Mm. you know, who they are or the way that they are is not like their best. Um, cause I think we live in a, like, I don't know now I think the messaging is way more like you are amazing. Don't change. You're enough, yeah. which I think is, you know, good in some ways, but I think we've also done that with church. I think we, we, in some ways, and again, I'm really speaking for myself here, but I've also seen it. I've seen it. And I've witnessed it as like, we go more to be affirmed and to check something, perhaps check something off a list, perhaps fulfill some kind of like spiritual or theatrical cultural like box rather than like I'm trying to think of the last time I went into a theater and was like okay I want to be challenged (laughs) like I want to be or even church like going in and being like okay I think it would be a good thing if I walked out seeking true conviction like I just don't think Mm -hmm. I think that perhaps that the power of conviction because I think the power of conviction ultimately leads to repentance and I think repentance is such a strange idea for us today because it automatically implies that we are not you know enough and that we're gonna fail um but I see it's it's almost like a because we're not as open to be changed or be challenged, I think both of those experiences have perhaps become or had the potential to become a little bit um, watered down or maybe like perverted in nature of like, if, if art is supposed to reflect the world, then we should walk out maybe not feeling, I don't know. I I don't know. This is sort of a thought that's up in the air for me still, Mm -hmm. but just approaching them the same way of, I think the, the potential for theater is so high and the potential for the local church is also like so high, obviously it's, it's our mission. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's a lot about the, the posture and the, hearts that are walking in the doors yeah yeah and I think you know I think there's with anything you know whether it's church or theater or or any sort of kind of um experience where you go in wanting change whether whether that's that's fully conscious desire or it's sort Mm -hmm. of subliminal you know I mean I can go I can go to church and not necessarily think you know I need this to be the day that changes my life because I can Right. exhausting I think but yeah but you know I do think that there is there is a feeling of I don't want this to be a waste of my time and so right. what does that mean you know you want it to you want to have something from that and and you know with theater sometimes it's just you walk away with a different perspective on something 
Um, like yeah. I, I love, and I think most people do love seeing stories about, um, about people that they don't understand and sort of, you know, to your point about, um, not judging audiences, I think, um, I think that is actually, yeah. uh, a, a more, um, I think, I think there are more people um, that want to see something that's different from them versus something that's, oh, yeah, I know these people. Um, uh, hence why um, I think this, this play, The Nations, actually is resonating with people outside of the faith more than most people would, would expect. You know, I've had a lot of right. people that are like, oh, this is for church drama. I'm like, no, 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 I don't. That's no. <laughs> I don't right. want it for church drama um, because I'm hearing people outside of the church that find this interesting and there's actually something to carry with that. And um, yeah. so... But yeah, you know, I think, I think that's, I guess the, the, the idea of, of what the impact is, is sort of, um, mysterious, you know, because it's, mm -hmm. it, it can be something where something really just speaks to you in that moment and really like in, in changes your life. Or maybe it's something that's building blocks. You know, I have shows that I saw four yeah. or five years ago that, that come into my brain for various reasons and various things. Um, yeah. and maybe didn't have an impact on me back then, but something about it has sort of helped me to understand someone going through this or that, or, or, or you know, I think there's well, also, also in the arts, there's, there's, uh, the connection to beauty, mm. you know, I think, I think, and again, that's, that's sort of, um, close to the mission of the church too, is, is we live lives that are very kind of, you know, work and, and, and practical. And, and, um, and I think the arts connect us to something a little bit more beyond just kind of the everyday, um, yeah. as does the church. And so I think people want to connect to something bigger, um, and yeah. something powerful. And, um, and so I think there's, there's that, that connection that does happen, whether, you know, whether it's through music or through something that's right. kind of not, um, beautiful and sort of a, 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 a way that you can articulate, but just something that you feel. Um, I think that's profound, but, um, yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. Um, yeah, I think that's something that we, it's interesting how that's almost a thought that I find kind of escapes me sometimes. Um, it's like the last thing I think about, which is like, why am I doing this? Um, mm -hmm. or like, what is this for? Uh, and so I'm, I'm grateful that you know, we can continue to be like, okay, I'm on mission here and I'm, I'm doing this, but like, what does that look like? Like, how does God want to use it? How does God want to use my play about mission work? Yeah. Or how does God want to use my piece about a parody of a Netflix show? Like he can work in all different ways. Um, I love it. Um, well, that's all I got for you, Jonathan. Yeah. Great. Amazing. This, this was so yeah. great. Yes. I hope that our listeners have some great things to chew on. Um, I hope that eventually we'll get to see a production of the nations and maybe even a revival of stranger sings. <laughs> um, that would be amazing. Uh, yeah. but yeah, thanks so much for being here. This was great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, if you want to hear stranger sings, uh, we do have the cast album out on iTunes, Spotify, uh, we're stranger sings the parody musical. Um, we're also on TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, come find us. Uh, we're not going anywhere. Uh, we're, we're, we've got plans in the works, but um, but yeah, that's that. And actually, I do think I think I put the nations on uh, the the yeah, the new the I'm forgetting the name of it now. The the uh, playwrights exchange. So yeah, new, the new um, if anybody does want to read it, it's up there. But um, 
Yes. I'm going to put the link to that in our uh, episode bio, as well as a link to the Spotify um, cast recording for Stranger Things. Cool, cool. That'll be good. Well, thanks so much. Um, You're the best. Everybody follow Jonathan. Find him on social media. Follow Stranger Things. Everybody, you know, get ready to see more of him. And if you go see his show, tell him you listened to the the interview. That's my new mission (laughs) for season four of Mary Broadway is for people to make connections because of the podcast. Um, I would love that. Yeah. Reach out. We'd love to chat. Um, I, I, um, uh, you know, I'm a writer, but also a producer, uh, getting my master's in producing and, um, yeah, would love to meet with, uh, with any Christian writers out there or writers who want to write about faith. Um, that's, you know, just sort of my little, my mini soapbox is to people who are in the church, feel free to write your story without filtering it. Um, and what I mean by that is, is, you know not trying to make it palatable for the world, but just present it exactly how it is, but also find a way to talk about it in a way that is, that's, that's, that's real. Um, I think, yeah. I think the impulse when you're writing about your faith is to kind of make it look a certain way so that it's appealing. And I yeah. think actually it's going to be a lot more appealing if people see every side of this, the the wrestling and the confusion and the doubt. Yeah. Um, I think people, I think what the, what the church needs right now is to, uh, uh, I don't know, be, be a little more human. I think, I think we've built ourselves up a little bit too far from the rest of the world and everyone else kind of feels that divide. And I think that we as artists have the opportunity to, to be human and, and, and say, Hey, we're all in the same boat. We just might have, you know, uh, the way out of out of the storm here so right that's true um, that's so true so so yeah so if you're writing something keep doing it and i would love to champion you so totally love it so fun thanks so much jonathan we'll talk to you soon all righty thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the narrow way to broadway podcast if you enjoyed please subscribe and share with your friends we release new episodes every week If you want to keep up with what we've got going on, head over to Instagram and follow us at InwayBWay. We'll see you next time.